It's about that time to grab your favorite snack and sit back and relax because you are now listening to the Movie Time Podcast with your hosts, low-key geek Renee Zalata and Blake the Wolf. Take it away, boys. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's time for another week, another brand new episode of Movie Time. Got myself, Renee Loki Geek here, and my buddy, Blake the Wolf. The, the Wolf. <laughs> what's going on, dude? What? No, my name is Renee the Loki Geek, and I'm oh, on I'm, Earth 42. I'm Blake you... Wolf, the Wolf. Yeah. Wait. I, I'm Earth 8105. Oh, okay. That makes. I thought you were Earth six one six. Okay, yeah. now yeah. it all makes sense. Let's yeah. absolutely get into it. Are you ready to 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 talk movies? Yeah, I'm. I'm ready to talk movies. I'm ready to talk Spider Man's the Spider Man's, uh, and, and all of this uh, multiverse jumping and all that stuff like that. Um, but yeah, obviously, the brand new movie for the week is Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Um, I said last month when Guardians of the Galaxy came out that that was like the unofficial start to summer blockbuster season but this was the one i felt was really a kickoff to summer blockbuster season because it was a movie that they really started their preview night showings really really early um 2 p.m ish and like i don't know how it was for you when you eventually saw yours but you know me i always tend to go to my early showings and all that stuff so I went to like a 2 p.m. showing and it was filled with nothing. Well, I wouldn't say nothing, but it was mostly kids. Mostly like I want to say higher end grade school, high school kids. Um, and it, it makes sense because I saw it in a more residential type of neighborhood. So I feel like that is the type of crowd you would get. But I also did get a lot of people who are like more adults, groups, a lot of groups, of people went to watch this movie so it looked like it felt like a true event movie that's really what I, I think the best way to describe it um but yeah i'm uh we'll get more into that and we'll talk more about our excitement and about all that stuff like that so for those of you who are listening watching all that good stuff thank you so much for tuning in again if you are unaware, we are the Movie Time Movie Review Podcast, um, where every week we talk about and bullshit about movies. Just got two buds who love movies, and that's what we do. Um, make sure, if you like what you hear or see, to follow, subscribe, do all that nice, kind stuff. On the YouTubes, so you could hit that like button. Um, hit the notification bell to get notified every time a brand new episode is uploaded. Um, obviously, if you're listening, you're probably either on Spotify or iTunes or one of the other various. Does, do any? Uh, do, that's a good question. You know how everyone always talks about Spotify and iTunes for podcast platforms. Do other people? Do people talk about the other ones, like Stitcher? Like, are you oh, familiar with ones. like? Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've I've heard ads for it on when I'm listening to it on an Apple Podcast. Yeah, they say. Listen on Stitcher, and they name another one, too. Right. Uh, and I hear that when I listen on the one that I already am on for music right. or, or my phone. Mm -hmm. So, no, I don't. I try, like, I've tried them. It's it's like kind of like a title problem. Like, I'm not going to go to another app when I'm already doing this app. Like, I'm, right. I'm already comfortable. 
which yeah. is like the weirdest advertising thing to do, the marketing thing to do, where you're like, hey, you're listening to me on iTunes, by the way, Stitcher, blah, blah, blah. What if this was more inconvenient for you? <laughs> Have you considered that? That's our selling point. Right. No, right. you're comfy in bed and you don't want to get up and go get to whatever, you know? You're taking a nap on the couch. The bed might be better. You're already on the couch. You're already sleeping. You're like, ah, I'm good. I'm just going <laughs> to sleep here tonight. And then, yeah. and then that's it. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, if you're on all those, any other platforms, hey, thank you for at least listening to us on those platforms because we are truly thankful for that. Um, the reason why I also bring that up is because I was recently looking at some of our stats for the podcast and it tells you, it breaks down uh, platforms, people who listen to you on, on platforms and all that. Uh, we get, uh, before it was majority Spotify, uh, or I should say iTunes, or maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Well, I, I, I pull it up right now. And, spot, and this isn't a spoiler, but like, please don't trigger Spider-Man. That was a very, no, that was a tough <laughs> moment for the guy. Oh, poor spot. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to spot in a minute. But so right now. Almost sixty percent of our audience on on podcasts listen to us on Spotify, which is pretty fascinating. And we have a good twenty percent on on Apple Podcasts. Um, this is a funny stat: we have three and a half percent on Amazon Alexa. So is, yeah, so is that is that like Amazon's music service that they're listening to us on? Hey Alexa, click subscribe. Hey, I just saw a tick in the numbers. There we go. <laughs> Forty. <laughs> um, and then there's this funny stat where it's almost sixteen percent other. So that's gonna be Stitcher. That's Stitcher. That has to be all Stitcher, right? So that. <laughs> yeah, I, I know there are other ones. I don't know what they are. Yeah. Okay. So cool. I find that extremely fascinating. This is the kind of stuff I like to like look into um, just to understand our audience a little bit more. Um, can you guess what is the number one device that people listen to us on? I'm going to go ahead and say oh, transmogrifier. Ooh, that's radio. radio. Oh, that's good. Oh, it would be amazing if we were on radio. You, it, like, like, have you heard the reports of them, of people trying to save AM because uh, the AM stations can no longer support themselves on that frequency because it costs a lot of money. I mean, it's called AM, not AM, not. <laughs> nice, nice. Thanks. So it'd be nice if if we imagine we had like an AM station here in New York for ourselves yeah yeah start a gofundme right now That's and it. everyone who's tuning in we normally talk about movies we don't talk about, I know. To talk yeah. about movies, <laughs> but i'm very glad that you're here and are really on the inside baseball track with us absolutely well, hey yeah again we're, we're this is a good way you could you know you'll get you're you're listening to behind the scenes stuff you know we're, we're giving you an insight of our world um you know those Renee's about to do his mukbang spider verse that's, that's it review. so if you really exactly. want to stuff, welcome it's it's Thanks good stuff us. yeah um for all you 65 percent in the u.s listening to us and eight percent in the united kingdom what's up uk <laughs> he's going deep on the numbers everybody that's right yeah are you keeping score at home 
Yeah, please do. We're, you're going to get quizzed on this later on in the episode. And that's how we truly know you're listening to us. This is a uh, game show about us. So <laughs> thank you again. We're so glad you're able to participate. The, win, the, the winnings, getting to listen to us talk more about that. Now we're going triple meta. Oh, yeah. We're in real Spider-Verse territory right oh, now. Oh, we really are. We really are. Deep we get. Yeah. And, and to really, you know, understand how much of the multiverse Spider-Verse we're into, I can't even believe we're in June. I feel like this year is just like slowly slipping away from us. But as we approach the start of June, uh, and the reason why I kind of brought up Guardians and all that, uh, I, I kind of like when we do like a recap of the previous month, we talk about like, okay, what was your favorite movie for the last month or whatever the case is. So I kind of want to call this segment the report card, the the movie report card. And let's let's, you know, maybe we could go through what our top, rated or most enjoyable movies that came out in the month of may um so for myself i would say my highest rated and most enjoyable movie that i saw in the month of may was guardians of the galaxy above spider spider uh, Sp- so it's it's technically spider-man is a june movie because t- today we're recording this june 2nd oh so, i see yeah because yeah, Thursday. Okay, got it. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It it okay. just it yeah. just made that hump of the, I know the month how transition. Work. I want to make that clear here. <laughs> Next episode we're going to get behind the scenes on like how well we know our months. That's right. Like our yeah. own game show. How do we yeah. read calendars? Like what? Okay. give you a really hard time for the record if you were like, "Oh yeah, Little Mermaid, Spider-Verse and Guardians of the Galaxy." I like the IP where it's uh, the the white guy taking the role meant for a white guy. I was going to give you just a little bit of shit for just for that. You can give me but, any kind of shit you want. So you know that. You have carte blanche. I'm so tempted to give my top spot to Little Mermaid. Uh, you do your list and then I'll do mine. Is that is that what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah let's do that. Um, you know, and then again, follow up for next episode is we're going to debate the topic. Which day officially starts off the week is it monday or sunday um, is somewhere starting at memorial day is it when the summer solstice solstice yeah is it the hottest the, when the sun is the lo- we got to get into it guys These, we're talking about movie summer season we're talking about that's it. So what are we talking about yeah. we got to get we movies got to get into the weeks, weeks before so they get that memorial day they get the jump start the word of mouth stuff is mario a summer movie mm-hmm. no one knows we'll find out Except for now. those of you who know how to read calendars, because Mario came out in April. <laughs> that was a whole debate we had off air. <laughs> that is true. That, that is true. No problem. <laughs> on my months. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. So my top rated movie in the month of May was Guardians, uh, Volume Three. I gave that a five star rating i really i still have yet to go back and watch it rewatch it because I've, I've just been busy with a lot of stuff but that is a movie the first movie of the year that i felt i needed to rewatch because that movie was just so enjoyable um and then second it's a tie it's a tie no it's not a tie so it is little mermaid with a my four star rating for little mermaid there i almost said tie because I also saw Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, for the first time last month, and I gave oh. that a four star rating. So yeah, so but that is but not that enough. Came out that came out last year, year. yeah. Okay. Um, and then we'll my worst, yeah, we'll later. talk about that's years. Another, at... That's got to get months first, master that, and then you figure out. Yeah, yeah that'll be the follow up of the follow up. 
Um, so yeah, that'll be. We have a lot of great episodes coming up. So that's why more of a reason for you guys to subscribe and follow. Um, my worst movie was this movie called Shin Kamen Rider. It's a Japanese superhero live action movie based off of a very iconic Japanese superhero, um, kind of in the vein of like Power Rangers in a way. Um, the reason why I saw that was one, I won a contest to the North American premiere that happened at Japan society, which is not that far from you. Um, so I was in your hood that night. Um, and I was curious about it. I was just really curious. What's that? Stop by. It's a block away. You didn't do the, Hey, I'm in your neighborhood. You want to grab a drink? You didn't do the like, Hey, I'm driving by. You want to wave? It's a, you got a one way street. I know you had to come down my block. It's, I'm not doxing myself. Moving on. <clears throat> See, I was trying to avoid Thanks, all that. Buddy. You just did that to yourself. Yeah. So <laughs> I, just, I just said you were in you the vicinity. No one knows which <laughs> That's true. It could be one Talk of many. Talk to me. Talk to me about Little Mermaid in person. That's I love it. that movie. Okay. Yes. Um, you didn't like this movie, but it's a new movie. It's it's a movie. It's new for North American audiences. It's the first time that North America. Yeah, it came out. It came out in May. Um, it's one of those Fathom event movies. You you've seen those ads for those yeah. Fathom events, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but there is a fever for it because it was only supposed to be for one night. Due to popular demand, they added another night in June for people to watch it. So it's getting a lot of traction. I I just personally didn't like it because I never watched the original shows and all that. So I didn't have any kind of, uh, you know, attachment to this character. In the screening, you could tell they were super fans there. And they they ate it up. They loved every minute of it. So I think my enjoyment of that movie was primarily because I enjoyed seeing their reaction to it. You know, so, yeah. yeah. So I gave it a two stars. It's not terrible, but, you know, it, it just wasn't for me. But it got me curious. Like, maybe I may decide to go back and watch one of these episodes of the original show and just see how I feel about it. But, but yeah, that was my May report card. What about you? So I'm going to give my top spot to Sanctuary because oh. I'm a pervert and because I saw the Q&A in person with the director and Margaret Qualley, um, Jack Antonoff of great music fame, hosted the Q&A. He's partnered with Margaret Qualley, the lead actress. Great movie, all set in one hotel room. Kind of like could have been a play, but the camera work was really well done. The design, mm-hmm. production design, very well done. The acting was phenomenal. Um, I fully recommend it if you're into that kind of like psychosexual drama thing. And it's, I liked that aspect of it, but I also liked how it was made. Um, I am more of an indie dude uh, at the end of the day. And so that one, I am going to put in my top spot, but right up there is Little Mermaid. I just nice. don't, I feel like Little Mermaid's doing pretty damn well at the box office. Shout out Little Mermaid. And so I'm always going to like lean toward an underdog in, in, in rankings. But Little Mermaid, we talked about, we geeked about, we low key and high key geeked about that one. We have a whole episode about it. I yeah. got emotional in our recording after having gotten emotional at the screening. My favorite, first favorite movie ever when I was a kid. My childhood crush realized on screen all these songs that I know and love and listened to a million times growing up. And to me, better than the original. 
it's obviously more dimensional. I mean, that mm. not like 3D versus 2D, but also like just it's a deeper plot. They change a couple things about it. I was moved and impressed and visually incredible. The concerns were, does it look good when we see some early trailers? And did the, if you have to get the animals right? And how do you show things underwater that look realistic enough, but not, you know, like murky or whatever? Right. They crushed all that that just hit out of the park. So they nailed that assignment, loved it. I, it's been a low movie month for me. So the only other one I saw was Guardians, which means that is my opposite of you lowest movie of the month. Um, I've been deep in succession territory. Uh, it's finally over, over. Um, feel free to hit us in the comments to talk about succession because Renee never <laughs> wants to talk about it. It's not I have yet thing. to see it. I have yet to see yeah, it. But, I, I want to yeah, see it. I, mean, I honestly thought about just doing my own little thing. Like, all right, every week I'm talking about succession. Like, but now it's too late for that. I love that show. And I was in that mode so hard after watching an episode, I would listen to about 12 different podcasts. Anybody, mm -hmm. if you made, if you're just you and your buddy and you've got 10 listeners, I was just so desperate for content about succession. I was listening through all of it. You're welcome. I was about, I'm sure half of the views of some of those uh, listens for some of those pods <laughs> now, since we're doing uh, behind the scenes numbers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's basically what my month of May has been. I also got sick, got a little Kobe at some right. point and right. um, been busy summertime going outside a little more. It wasn't so hot that you go to the movies to cool off. That's kind of a peak movie time for me in the summer. Other than that, um, we're talking blockbuster season mostly, event movies, and every now and then in India, I really like like Sanctuary. So that's my report nice. card. No, that's that's good. It's it's a very Blake report card, you know. Like uh, I know how those type of indie movies are really your jam, um, and I'm not surprised to hear about that. I just honestly, hearing you talk about it makes me curious to watch it myself. And we uh, before we started recording, we were talking about. Is this out in theaters and all that? Because when you did, when I did a quick search, I couldn't find it showing anywhere. And then you told me it was playing in the Astoria Theater, you know, where I doxed those two slobs that we talked about during our Little Mermaid episode. And like our, I was we're like, like a doxing podcast at the end of the day. Really. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what we, we do. do. Yeah, we go around <laughs> and we just dox people and all. What movie theater were you at, and what seat specifically? And where are you going to be later tonight? Oh, yeah. I got I got something to tell you. I, I, <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm more and more convinced we need to do a special video or episode where we just talk about all of our annoyances of all types of people that go to movies. Because yeah. there's like a laundry yeah, list that we have, you know, because, yeah, yeah there was. Oh, I'll, yeah, we'll get into that in a, in a little bit. But no. but yeah, but yeah, I am so curious to watch that movie now. Um, and a movie that we talked about briefly before recording, another one that kind of came out that it's been getting good buzz, especially in the indie realm, is You Hurt My Feelings, uh, the A24 movie uh, with Juliet Louis-Dreyfus and all. So I, I obviously there's some movies I personally want to catch up on. Um, so it, it, that summer season makes it kind of interesting because now we're so <clears throat> inundated with all of these new blockbuster movies coming out that sometimes it takes away moments for these like little indie darlings to to shine through at times right so and i feel like unlike last year where a movie like everything everywhere all at once had a moment to shine brilliantly for a good along a good amount of time now movie theaters are just flooded with all of these major hollywood movies because of being pushed back 
and, and and everything. And now people are actually going out to watch these movies. And you know, kind of like what I hinted at, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse felt truly like the first event movie of the summer because of the the amount of people I saw coming out for this at a two p.m. showing. You know, on a Thursday, which is like really really crazy. But yeah, let us know if you are on either YouTube or podcast. I know they allow you to comment on podcasts and stuff like that, but uh, what was your favorite movie of the month of May? What was your worst movie of the month of May? Definitely let us know in the comments. We love having those conversations with all of you about that stuff. Um, Also, I wanted to touch base real quick on the box office for Little Mermaid because you say it's been killing it. That may be true domestically, not so much internationally. Um, yeah, where I believe the report was uh, when it came out in China. Uh, let's see. China box office. Ooh, look at this. Opening weekend in China was only 2.6 million. Huh. Overall, it's only 3 million. And... There's not very many people in China, though, so that that's... <laughs> That, it makes sense, right? It, it, yeah, it kind of tracks. Okay. It, yeah. And here's here's like just to get an understanding of how terrible this number is. It's showing on thirty two thousand eight hundred screens in China, and it only made that much. While if you look at domestic box office, um, hold on, let me pull this number up. It's showing at. Three, well, it doesn't tell you screens per se, but it's at, it's 4,320 theaters in the U.S. And it's already up to uh, 145, uh, 145 million. So can we say China is a little bit prejudiced, maybe? There, I'm, I'm reading up on it. Basically, it's more nuanced than that, but that is a thing, of yeah. course. And then... Like when when they'll put a poster out in for a Chinese poster, they will like uh, what's the word? Not whitewash, even like it's blue wash in this case. Like it, you can right. see the water over her skin, right. kind of. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the poster. I could also imagine sometimes, especially if there's a language barrier, musicals. And I'm I'm not going to read the rest of this article and just report what I'm seeing from mm-hmm. whateverreport.com. But I, my guy, one thing I'm thinking is musicals are going to be a tougher sell when you're reading lyrics. I went to um. There's a French Institute in New York and they play French movies. Mm-hmm. And I love a musical. And I even have like the, the poster for Umbrellas de Cherbourg on my, on my wall. But it's not quite the same when you're reading lyrics and hearing sure. the rhyme in another language, right? And like, and it's, it's just more complicated, like poetry. Um, having it translated, it's, music is harder to enjoy that way or like to sing along with, right? If you're not, if you're just looking at a translation on the screen. So maybe that's part of the vibe. I don't know because it's a very musical, even for Disney musicals, right? It's it's a very yeah. music heavy one, and then genres are going to be you know less popular in some places than others, etc. Yeah, it's my gut. I'm sure there's other stuff going on. I'm sure as far as movie tastes and and whatever else, but I'm I'm not trying to downplay. I, I, oh no no no! If, if we want to say race is part of it, I'm not surprised by any explanation. I was trying to think of what else it might be on top of that. Yeah, I mean it it the the thing that would I would like wonder. And I don't know if there will ever be a stat for this. I'm sure if you do enough digging and all, is how well do or how well were the original Disney animated 
movies. That was received. my other question, right? Do you get in in 1988 or 1989? Right. Or if Aladdin and Lion King and later Toy Story are more popular there, those IPs are going to be more valuable. But if right. Little Mermaid didn't really break through, that's a good question. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that. that. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe like maybe the, the original was not a beloved or as beloved as it was here in the States, you know. So um, when you do that versus maybe like a Mulan, right, where obviously it, it's based more on Chinese roots and 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 uh, history and all that, that something like that could do much more, uh, much better at the box office in China versus, you know, a story from uh, Hans Christian Andersen about a mermaid and all that, you know, so. So this is fascinating. I've seen two articles now. China is pretty much the world's biggest Little Mermaid fan. Some, the really? Something like that. But they're not talking about the Disney cartoon, which almost makes it make more sense. There's apparently like a theme park where there was talk of a theme park for the Hans Christian Andersen okay. fairy tale. Yeah. And if that's what you want, that's not really what you're getting with Little Mermaid. It would be no. pretty dang, dang corny. So if that, like, that fairy tale isn't very popular in America at all. If that fairy tale is popular there, then your watered down, pardon the pun, Little Mermaid Disney five <laughs> version isn't going to be as hot. I could see that right. as another information. Okay. It's interesting. It is definitely interesting. Um, so something to keep in mind. And it's a shame because I it, it adds to the unfortunate narrative about this movie. Poor unfortunate narrative. What? Narrative. Um, you know, like when you have a lot of people who are against this movie for multiple reasons, and yeah. now this is cannon to the fire. This is fuel to the fire. Uh, like, see, we told you. Like, no one likes this movie. No one wants this movie. Yeah, it's like, come on. Yeah, like I'll give the Adam Sandler voice for these idiots. Yeah. That's, that's Hello. <laughs> Hello, we need to Swan. Sandler voice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a it's a fairly problematic voice. You just take it and put it on the on the jerks. That's it. Uh, yeah, haters, the racists, yeah. the Nazis, and use his voice for that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a, that's 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 what I heard in my mind in my head when the two slobs kept talking throughout the movie. I was like, eh, "Did you see that? I would have downloaded that song on Spotify." <laughs> You're really good at doing Adam Sandler's impression. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Um, speaking of slobs, let's talk about Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of transition that was. Um, but yeah, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, um, this is the sequel to the movie that came out in 2018. Um, very well-received movie when that first came out. I, I, think, I think it's safe to say that this movie really defined a new generation of animation because it 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 introduced a lot of things that I feel like a lot of studios didn't think about and that's basically blending different styles of animation into one film. We can't um, say introduced but we can definitely say it popularized it. It popularized sure. it. Yes, you're, you're right. It to mass audiences and said yeah. this can be successful. You don't have to keep doing the Pixar eyeballs for right. every single damn animated movie out there. And yeah. we've even seen it in the last couple of years where some Oscar nominees are doing this and Puss yeah. in Boots did this and um, uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines might be the yes. title of it. Yes. A couple yeah. years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've seen it now take off because this was so damn popular. It convinces the money makers and hey, we could spend some money on a more interesting art project of, a, of an animated movie. Yeah, and it shows like the amount of care um, put 
in an animated film. Uh, we're, we're seeing that also um, in the upcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie where they're using the same kind of like um, dropped frame style of animation, you know, where everything is like, you, know, you could see like there's a hint of choppiness and all that. Um, so it definitely did a lot of that to kind of pave the way to uh, popularize these this type of animation style. But I think on top of all that, it also introduced us to very first Black Spider-Man, um, which a lot of fans were waiting for for a very long time. Um, and it introduced us to just a different version of the Spider-Man, the Spider-Man mythos that I think people who are fans of the comic book are already familiar with, but the general audience were not. Um, and it was just a really well done movie. It was definitely one of my favorite movies of that year. Um, it, for a while, it was probably my most favorite Spider-Man movies until uh, the more recent Tom Holland one, uh, Far From Home, came out. Is it Far From Home or No Way Home? No, No Way Home. With coming, uh, coming home. Yeah, home. Uh, Who's home? Home is where the heart is. Honey, I'm home. It's yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. That one? Yeah, that, I, that one. That's the one. Honey, I'm home. It's Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man 3. Um, and then this one comes out. So uh, this movie has a lot going for itself. Obviously, it's a sequel to a very popular film. It is also, from what I know or what I believe, it's the longest running American animated feature film to ever come out, clocking in at two hours and 16 minutes. And it, it's, it introduces and plays a role with the whole multiverse stuff. So we are being introduced and in, in kind of slapped in the face with all of these versions of Spider-Man. Um, and I loved every minute of it. It was so fun, so entertaining. I This is one of those movies where I need to have a physical copy or a digital copy where I could just pause through a lot of the scenes so I can call out, oh, I remember that one. I remember that guy. and that Because one of the things that I kind of also was worried about was, are they doing this just for the gimmick of, hey, fans, we know you love the comics. Here are all these characters. But then none of them will be like very prominent, right? Where they're just there for background. And for people like what I just said, would just sit down, pause the video, and, and just kind of do their, these are the Spider-Man, you know, in across Spider-Verse explained video on YouTube or whatever the case is, right? Yeah. But they did utilize some of these new Spider-Man and they were part of the story. They were front and center. A lot of them were. Um, they, you know, had a lot of interactions with some of these random Spider-Man. And I thought it was just very, it was handled very well. Um, but outside of the spectacle, the spectacle and the, the fantasy and all that stuff, it was also a very well-written story. Um, it definitely continues from where we left off in the first one, but it dived more into the Gwen Stacy character. Um, and also the Miles Morales character. So it, they really focus on two uh, in different ways where Gwen is looking for a place to belong and, and trying to find her, her meaning in, of existence and all that, you know, family. I feel like family is like a big thing here because, you know, we are told, and, and this is not 
spoiler territory just yet, but you know, Gwen Gwen's family situation is kind of questionable, so she's looking for a, a steady family to belong to. Miles already has a family, but he is struggling with protecting that family and knowing how to, you know, work well with that family he already has while still opening himself up to the possibilities of expanding that family, right? So you're dealing with a lot of that stuff here, and it's done so well. There are a lot of times where I felt very emotional um, because of the subject matter, because of things that were transpiring. There was a good amount of laughs, too, a lot of good blend of comedy in there. Um, But at the end of the day, it was one of those movies where when it ended, I was actually surprised that it ended. I was like, wait a minute, we're stopping here? Um, X response. Yeah. 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 It was exactly how I felt at the end of Fast X. I was like, we're stopping here. That's exactly what I how I reacted at the end of that movie and this movie. But before without spoiling anything and talking about why that is, it was one of those movies where even after the two hour, 16 minute mark, I was ready for more. Um, and I could have easily sat through more um, if they were to show us more of that. But I really enjoyed it. I, 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 this is, again, when I say Guardians of the Galaxy is the first movie of the year that I want to rewatch, this is the second one. This is the one that I really, really want to rewatch again. Um, how were your, th- what were your initial thoughts of the movie when you watched it there, Blake? Yeah, so I saw it just like a normal Thursday evening showing very full theater, not 100%, but pr- as close as you get yeah. just under that. Um, crowd super loved it. Mine wasn't kids, and maybe it's because the time you saw it or the area mm-hmm. we're in now summer season. So if you see a movie at the certain time, certain day, it might just be full field trip vibes in there, and, yeah. and you're playing babysitter while someone's kid throws popcorn on you. Definitely um, a lot of backpacks. I will say that. Definitely a lot of backpacks. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, uh, the the theater loved it. I absolutely loved it. You're right about the laughs. I was surprised about the amount of laughter. Mm-hmm. I think I had a similar experience as a lot of other folks with the original movie. It was more of a home movie watch. And it was a word of mouth movie for sure. And it was a COVID movie for a lot of people. So I saw the original one at home after the fact. The, it was nice to see this movie in theaters. And it really drove home. I know I laughed and thought the first one was funny and had humor in it. This theater was busting up quite a bit yeah. and definitely into it. I heard some uh, moments. There's some mm-hmm. family sadness going on in it. We're not doing spoilers yet, but there's some there's some moments. And the one um, where he's getting a speech about uh, how he can trust himself and how he, he should feel empowered. And right. he's like uh, he, he has uh, in the movie he has some family dynamic where his parents aren't trusting him. He's out there. He's got his little double life thing going on, which is the tension in all the Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. This one, and especially with the casting of the main character and the family, it made it even more resonant for a lot of folks in the theater, it seemed. Um, overall, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I think I gave it four or four and a half on Letterboxd. Um, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. There was a couple parts where I felt confused or it felt a little long. That's also 100% on me. That day I was just like tired and wasn't, I was more in an ADHD mode and not necessarily paying full attention. Mm-hmm. That's a problem I have with a lot of multiverse movies. So I know I can say I enjoyed it. I understand the plot now. I had to go back over the synopsis afterward. 
if you're good at following along with movies, it's it's not that complicated. It's just like I wasn't uh, on that day of like, oh, I know yeah. exactly what universe I'm in and how we got here. Um, but that's part of what I like about these movies is they're more expansive and interesting and in all the different animation styles, which is the other reason why I'm distracted during is I'm captivated by those. Yeah, I really enjoy how dynamic the art is in these movies and they use it to enhance the story, not just to be cute about it. It, it literally, there's times where you're seeing different worlds collide and mm-hmm. you're seeing different animation styles collide. And I can't get enough of that. I think that is fascinating. Yeah. And those certain clips in this movie belong in a museum today. Yeah. So overall, I, um, high marks for me. Um, I don't know how it'll rank. This is definitely more of a you movie than a me movie. That said, even with that in mind, I really enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think a, a great thing to touch base on first as we continue to talk about this movie is the animation style because <clears throat> they 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 stepped it up several levels in this one. It's saying a lot. The first one whew. was mind-blowing. This one was almost overwhelming. It was so Yeah. Cool. It, it's one of the it's definitely one of those things where you you ask yourself how could they top what they did in the last movie like visually and my god they i feel like they blew it away they really blew it away and it, they, it's like they reinvented what they cre- what they kind of put out there and kind of like gave yeah. us a new spin on it um but quickly i want to talk about my audience uh experience because oh, no. again since i there were kids and um interesting adults uh watching this movie um first of all the the, down, the downside of, of watching a movie with a bunch of kids is that you can't control kid be- behavior especially when you got a bunch of boys who are in a group so you had a lot of people a lot of these boys kept running up and down the stairs to go out and refill their popcorns or go to the bathroom so no you're watching a movie and it could be like during a, a silent part and all you hear is you see like the, the the kid like real like like trying to crawl in front of you um as they're going out the exit it got so bad at one point you heard someone scream out stop running <laughs> it's just so funny and then I, I i didn't hear it so much myself but i'm sure people in the back heard it a lot i guess they kept talking and it got to the point where i think one of the the boys said to another boy uh, like shut the fuck up like that that I saw an usher from outside come in and do one of the he stands and like scans the audience to see where the trouble's coming from they never from. do that I know the staff never cares <laughs> that's how bad it was I think the so said we gotta get involved I think that's so like, wow yeah Be- because like again nuclear threat level orange or I don't know how those systems work but right. yeah that is just all high alert if one member of a staff ever the movie could literally be no sound and it takes 10 minutes to get someone in it's there. so true My it's so God, true it must have been chaos yeah again i didn't hear it because i was closer to the front but i'm sure many people in the back heard it so it could be maybe someone went out and reported it or whatever you know but yeah he did the, he did the whole scanning saw where it's coming from and i saw he did the slow walk right as he goes up the stairs and then he was back there at least a good five minutes. And then he comes back walking back down and does like, again, the slow walk outside. <laughs> and then 
I guess things improved. I don't know, but I still heard the the, the running. You know, as kids sure. kids have to go to the bathroom. You know, sure. so you hear dun 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 gun, dun gun, dun, and you know, and all that. Like I I don't know why kids and and people in general like when they run downstairs, they love to jump at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do fun. the whole jump. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I did it too. Like, I admit. You know. Um. But yeah, that's like the worst place to do it is in a movie theater because like you hear every vibration you feel every vibration and all that um and then the the next experience and, and probably the, the worst was there was a group of adults behind me i think there were like three or four of them and it wasn't so much that they were talking through the movie but i felt like after every important line one of them kept repeating it so let's say, for example, there is mm. a dialogue between Gwen and Miles, right? And Miles says, I can't do that because of my mom. And then I'll hear, oh, he can't do it because of his mom. Bro, that'll ruin. <laughs> I like to go to comedy clubs and people do that. And I've had to like, I've been with someone. I had to be like, hey, it, it, uh, it doesn't help. You don't have to repeat the last right. thing. Right. It's kind of like, it's almost like you're in church. You're like, amen, kind of thing. Right, like this. right. People think like it's like reaffirming it for them. They're like, yeah, that's really good. But do it in your head. Right. In our theater etiquette episode, when we go hard, that'll be one of the things. For that people. has just to be. Yeah. Keep the thoughts in your head. It like just that. has to be in here. Like I understand. A if like a mm, or ha, nice. Right. Or something like that. Sure. But repeating the actual line, it, it distills the power of the line. Absolutely. Now I no longer have the line in my head and the emotions of that. I have the person behind me saying that and their delivery and they're like, Oh, that was really deep for them. I wonder why. And now I'm thinking about them and not the actual movie. Right. I'm glad it was powerful for them. It's now half as good for me. <laughs> right. Cool. Yeah. And and then again, it just now you anticipate it. It gets to a point where I was hearing it so much that I was anticipating it. You know, especially during a very important scene or dialogue between two people. I'm just yeah. waiting for. Oh. Okay, here comes the recap. Oh. Here comes the oh. recap, and then it oh. happens. Right. Oh. Or you know. The, the, you know, understanding who Miles Morales is and who their family is. You know, he is, uh, what do they call it? Um, uh, there's a, a term for it. But he is mixed Hispanic and African-American uh, because his mom is Dominican and his dad is black. So his mom tends to speak to him in Spanish or Spanglish, right? So there are a lot of moments in this film where she's speaking to him straight up in Spanish. I guess one of them spoke Spanish because they translated everything she said to whoever they were sitting with, which is fine. Like, I get that. It's like when you're trying to explain something to somebody, sometimes it's necessary. Do it in a lower voice, though. Not so much. Yeah, so can... <laughs> one, the theater, the, the movie creators decided not to put subtitles. Right. On there. Right. I'm fine with that. Yeah. There's sometimes where that can enhance a story. There's other times where it's like there's a bit of a politicization happening. Like, it's OK. You don't have to speak Spanish. And, and it's if it's a crucial line. I bet you what that would have been in a language or subtitles that right. everyone would make sure that they heard if you needed it. Uh, the next option, I I make a point of it and I'll like kind of like do this thing, bring the person up to the ear and then block the hand and then exactly exactly talk all day in the movie theater, yeah. everyone else can hear you and no one will be bothered. That's right. how sound works. If you're doing loud translations of the thing that's happening on the screen. You know what? The teacher didn't call on you to say, hey, can you stand up and explain this to the class? <laughs> right. It, it's not it's not very difficult. And sometimes you have to repeat yourself because you want to make sure no one else can hear you. And you might and they go, 
And you go, hi, hi, hi. And as long as at least you're intentionally doing that, even if the person in front of you can kind of hear something, they're like, oh, they're being, they're not going to ruin it. Like, I'm not currently feeling like my movie theater experience is under threat. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there are ways to do it. Obviously, you and I know because we've done it. You know, we've had to, like, explain something to somebody. But there's ways to do it where you, where not everyone in your in the row in front of you can hear you. And and I feel like you know this this person or these people didn't didn't understand that. But yeah, the the one that got me the most was the recapping because like it, it like it wasn't so much like also the dialogue recapping, but it was also some visual recapping too. Oh no! Yeah, oh, like, yeah, like, like 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 um, what's a great example that I can give that's not so spoilerish? Okay, so you've seen this in the trailer when Miles has to leave the pe- the meeting with the teacher or with guidance counselor. Uh, because he sees the enemy outside still trying to steal the ATM machine. So he sees that. He's like, oh, I got to go, but this and that. And then I hear behind me, ha, the guy's still trying to steal the ATM machine. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what? like... Yo, what's with your luck with the commentary, dude? That's awesome. You get free <laughs> commentary. I know. At a movie theater. I know. And I didn't have you to pay extra for that. that. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's really nice, dude. Yeah, it's fascinating. But but yeah, so that was kind of like my experience. And again, these are things that we'll definitely bring up whenever we do our special um uh movie theater etiquette episode. But yeah, let's let's quickly jump back to the animation style and all that. So I think one of the cool things that really stood out here, like I said, they leveled it up like tenfold in this one, was I loved how whenever they centralized the the universes they're in and just a heads up now we are spoiler spoiler talk right now so anything's a go so if you haven't seen the movie yet um definitely fast forward through all of this stuff now because we are gonna just let it all out let it all out hang loose all that stuff but whenever we're introduced to a new world uh each 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 world that we're introduced to is in their own animation style which i thought was fantastic when we were in the gwen stacy universe everything was kind of like watercolor it was like very very nicely done various shades of color um not always precise color you know it was very more artistic you know and that kind of explains more of her background because she is a dancer and all that so she's very the artistic spider-man right and then obviously we go into the miles universe and everything's more like graffiti inspired you know city vibe all that kind of type of art we're introduced to this new character spider punk which i think is probably one of my favorite ones um where yeah he's from england he's from the uk and everything is like a cover of the sex pistols album it's like you know letters like all random yeah ransom note letters and like paper cutouts and all that and it's layered over him in multiple versions and his humor and the way to display him is also very British. So it's so interesting and funny how they paid so much attention to that stuff. I read an article recently where I said just to get that look and his animation style, it took them two years to work on that. And I was just like, wow, if you have a group that is animating one character and it took them two years to finish all of that work, could you imagine all the other groups working on all the other characters in this movie? You know, it, it's just mind blowing to me the amount of dedication and 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 this is at this point it's passion and love in doing what you're doing in caring for this this film and this universe. 
and I love like we were introduced to a version of Mumbai where we get introduced to uh, the the Indian Spider Man, who is actually like they did a comic run of this character in the comic books. So he he was one of the characters I was really really interested in seeing how they were going to portray and he was so entertaining so fun very vibrant type of personality and all that what was your favorite uh what was the one thing that you you saw that you're like wow this is fascinating um i okay we're spoiler ter- uh, yeah donald glover <laughs> yes thank you thank you they yes. went they went 3d or whatever you want to call that with it and yeah. i was like of course, you have to. And of yeah. course, it's Donald Glover. Yeah. Mind blown. So happy. I love his music. Love the show Atlanta. Lo- fan of his uh, since community. Like, fuck yeah. He's the actor. It's like him or like, you could almost do Lakeith Stanfield, but that's too weird. Like, it's Donald Glover's the person you do for that. I honestly was so taken aback. I didn't quite understand why it was happening. I was just happy. Oh, I'll explain happening. it. I'll explain it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a great callback to... I believe it was Spider-Man. Which home are we in, in this one? <laughs> the first Tom Holland Funny Spider-Man. Home Alone 2, <laughs> yeah. Lost in New York Spider-Man? Yeah, it was the first Sp- Tom Holland Spider-Man movie where Spider-Man comes across Donald Glover. And he mentions that he has a nephew who is around, who's a big Spider-Man fan and all that. So... In live action form, this is Miles's uncle. So obviously, in animation form, we get Miles's uncle, who's portrayed by Maharshala Ali um, as Ali. Prowler Maharshala Ali. Uh, who? Sorry, uh, I always have oh, trouble with his shit. first name. It, it's just it's it's really tough. Well, for I me. have trouble with months. So yeah, yeah so yeah, it, it kind of correlates. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, in the animation form, we get him as the Prowler, as his his uncle in the first movie, who, you know, bites it at the end there. Um, but we get another version of him in this movie that he comes back. But to, I loved how they, you know, this movie, not only in animation style, but they, they mixed media. It's like a mixed medium type of movie where we had Donald Glover in the animated world. You know, and the reason why we see him is because in the Spider-Man, uh, the Spider-Society universe where Miguel O'Hara lives in, what they do is that they, they seem to have riled, rounded up all of these uh, villains that were uh, picked up because uh, they were connected to special events that happened in each of the universes that they're in. Uh, and I, I guess they're doing research and all that stuff like that. I, I believe that's the reason why they were capturing these 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 uh, villains and all that. Because we saw villains from like uh, old school Spider-Man movies, comic books, all that stuff. And given that Donald Glover is captured here, we and he's wearing like an outfit. So we believe that in live action form, he has also become the Prowler. And he's kind of like doing all that. And Miles is just staring at him like in awe, like... Wow, you look so weird, but at the same time, somewhat familiar. And Donald yeah, has that that nice kind of comments, like you know, it's rude to stare. <laughs> like, yeah. I thought that was like really, really Brilliant. funny. Yeah. That thank you for the background. That makes more sense now. That was maybe my favorite Easter egg, if you will, in the movie. Yeah. Not sure Easter egg is the right term, but yeah, like a little hidden gem. Yeah, it was fun. 
Yeah, a lot of fans, I think, of the Spider-Man series would, would die when they see that. Another audible reaction that the audience gave was when Miles was, when no, Spot, when Spot was going through multiverses, because we we turn we learned to find out that this Spot villain is a result of the the ending of the first uh, Spider Verse movie, where when the collider thing exploded, it affected his molecular structure, so that he has like these black holes or these multiverse holes, where he could kind of like go through time, go through um, uh, different multiverses, and in understanding that he can do that he learns that he gets stronger the more he goes and transverses through all these multiverses. So we see him going through all these multiverses and he goes into a live action universe where he, he talks to that Asian convenience store lady who is the same lady in the Venom movies. So Venom... Thank you. That yeah. was really bothering me. I yeah. did not look it up. That was, <laughs> and, okay. Yeah. Thank you. I knew that I knew that. But yeah. I didn't... I could have pieced together in real time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so, great. That's another one that. That was awesome. Great. Yeah. And again, the, a huge audible response when that happened, you know, because again, it, it reaffirms that Venom, this, all that stuff is within the same kind of quote unquote universe, right? So it's a nice, like, kind of connection. But it was just nice to see how, like, oh, look at that. They're, they're really throwing a lot of references to a lot of the Spider Man related movies. You know, we saw like little flashbacks of Andrew Garfield with um, during the, uh, the the Uncle Ben death, you know, or the Captain Stacy death, I, I should say. Um, then we especially when they were they're discussing and they're talking about um, these canon events. Right. And the reason why Miguel is so insistent on making sure that everything is up to snuff, like everything is is protected is because. Miles interrupted a canon event that happened on Mumbai when I believe it was the father of uh, and the the Indian Spider-Man's name is what is it is um, I literally just Pavel I, or... I just I just want to watch you try to think of it really <laughs> and, and with you, I don't yeah I'm I'm, um, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah I, so, oh uh, Pav, Prabhakar, yeah. yeah. Um, again, great character, but his girlfriend in that universe, his dad is a is a police officer, and he was saved by Miles. But in reality, he was supposed to die, because the whole idea is that every Spider Man from any universe that they're in has to have these life changing events that helps push forward the character. You know, in the original Spider-Mans, we always know that Uncle Ben is the reason that pushes Spider-Man and, and makes him become the person that he's in. Um, the the death of Gwen Stacy's father in the Andrew Garfield uh, Spider-Man also kind of helped push that narrative and all that. So the reason why they're so protective of that is because it helps create that person and maintains that universe that the Spider-Man belongs to. So with Miles saving this guy, it kind of breaks all that. So as they're kind of explaining all of that stuff, that's how we get a lot of these revelations of uh, this is why you're supposed to do that. This is why you're supposed to do this and everything like that. Um, so it was just nice to see how they blended all of these universes and how each universe has and maintained their look 
and feel. And of course, we see that with all the different versions of the Spider-Man too. How the you know Spider Bite, who is just like AI generated version of a, a girl who's just at home on her VR set and all that. Like I thought that was really cute. Um, and the animation style kind of reflected that. It kind of looked computer generated, right? It didn't look hand drawn or anything like that. Um, so it was just amazing how they were able to really blend a lot of these media, these you know, forms of media into this one movie. Um, and I just found that all fat. The, the minute you saw Vulture in the museum and he looked like a, a paper mache or just like a bunch of like the old Renaissance paintings or, or drawings, like just how they were able to maintain that type of animation style. I thought that was so brilliant. So yeah, the animation style is definitely something that blew my mind and that alone made the movie amazing um but outside of that like we mentioned before was the storylines um what was there and obviously there was you said there were some things that you found confusing and all that what parts of the storyline were you kind of surprised about or were you like oh you know i i still don't understand where this is going and all so i i think it's twofold one the canon events concept and then this is true as the mcu has gotten separately has gotten into multiverse stuff sure. where you're watching things kind of collapse on themselves sometimes and i trust and believe that they have their own math logic and science behind it where they could someone can explain it to me yeah but at the end of the day what i really need mm -hmm. is in i think it's infinity mm -hmm. war or in game no i think it's in game where they literally have Tilda Swinton showing a light and this is this timeline here's this one and if this changes then this is the effect I need a visualization essentially sure. so when it's all done through dialogue and someone's yelling out no don't do that or else this will happen to that I'm then having a hard time keeping multiple universes in my head at the same time mm -hmm. that said one thing that helps with this movie is the different animation styles yeah but also at the end of the day I'm okay with letting this one wash over me because it's so dense and such a rich text, great storytelling, good jokes, great animation, all of that. There's so much to it packed in there. It's very clear that they took their time with it. You're telling, saying the two years, that's a long time. But it also looks like they took their time with this movie. Yeah. It doesn't look like one single frame was rushed. The casting, absolutely incredible. Just the art through and through, each, each person contributing to the film, very well done. And so what you then get is a very rich text and so many different things you could be paying attention to at any time. So because I'm not a plot based person, I don't really need a plot to enjoy a movie. Some people go for the whodunit of it. Are you frozen or am I? I don't know if I, uh, okay. You just uh, stopped moving. Wow. That was oh, impressive. Yeah. This is uh, incredibly uh, <laughs> still. Wow. I'm listening. Focus I'm double. very intently listening. No, yeah. I'm glad. Okay. Um, <laughs> Some folks go to the movie just for the whodunit. I want to guess the ending, the murder mystery, and those are their plots. They want the the, the box, uh, what's it called, the puzzle movie. I really like just experiencing things and each moment being disconnected, I'm fine with. Yeah. It's part of the reason why I like indie cinema the way that I do. And there's just certain genres that really work well for me and then ones that don't as well. So sci-fi isn't as much my bag once we get into this denser territory if this movie didn't have all those other things going for it, I might kind of leave going like, okay, that felt like homework. I'm, I'm not sure I would go see another one. This was a special, uh, highly artful cinematic experience. And that's was nice to see. And this one in particular 
seeing it in the theater with a crowd who was super into it. Yeah. So sometimes you get that laughter, of that knowing laughter behind you and you go, oh, I think this is a reference to something. Now mm -hmm. I get to appreciate it at another level, look it up later. Maybe I go, oh, right, that is a reference to something that I might have missed otherwise. But at least you know there's so much intentionality just in every single pore and crevice of this film. I, it didn't necessarily bother me. But at the end of the day, it's nice to... This is why I like talking to you about movies. Anytime we see... Anytime I see what I'm going to call a nerd movie, yeah, we talk about it afterward, even if it's off camera. I go, hey, Renee, let's talk through this movie. Here's what I liked about it. It mm -hmm. reminds me of this, this, and that thing. And then you'll say... And then I'll ask you all my little questions of like, okay, so which one was Earth 42? And <laughs> at what point did that start? And, you, and you're able to, to track those things better. You have yeah. a better mind for the comic book of it all yeah and i and i just remember a lot of that stuff too you know like yeah. it's just one of those things where it just sticks in my mind i mean there are moments where i i would like see something and i would also hear the audible response i'm like what are they responding to and i have to kind of like dig deeper like after the fact not during the movie because obviously i don't want to be that guy who's just like what happened and like oh yeah hey explainer guy that was that guy from the <laughs> <laughs> ask one of the people who's talking next to you like any thoughts on what's happening right now I'm i know sure right to talk out loud about it at theater yeah well, honestly that's probably one of the reasons why stan lee is so damn famous is he gets the cameo in all these super popular movies and what happens is the audience goes hey and anyone who didn't know what he looked like gets a who's that yeah oh that's stan I, I, lee now i know what he looks yeah. like right gonna be one of the more recognizable faces in movies just because of the the, the cameo effect, yeah like, the little cameo audience reacting yeah. verbally and people going who was that yeah, yeah that's interesting no for sure um let's talk a little bit about story um because again the two stories like the the, the main focuses here were definitely gwen stacy and miles here um gwen stacy i i really love this character when she was introduced in the the first movie and we definitely got more into her background and why she does what she does and why she finds herself where she is right now. Um, you know, they, they, the movie basically starts off with like her origin, which is very fascinating. And I wasn't expecting that. Um, you know, so it basically retells like how in her universe, it's her loss of Peter, um, her, which she considered to be her best friend uh, that kind of forces her to become to make her who she is. But then she has a rift with her dad who finds out that she is this spider person and basically can't accept that, right? So because of that, she has to be on her own. And then when she gets this kind of like invite to join the spider society, she's like, wait, I could be with other people like me uh, and kind of be with a family. Yeah, I need that right now because uh, there's like nothing for me here. And she kind of goes off. And, and that, that's how she kind of reconnects with Miles because she now gets the ability to kind of jump through multiverses to help Miguel with his kind of tracking down of this spot character who is like messing all the multiverses up because of what they're doing and all that. So all throughout the movie, it's, it's Gwen's kind of uh, progression is... Well, how do I protect this family that I'm in? But also, I just met this guy, Miles, who I feel very connected to and very close to. How can he accept this for what it is and not freak out? Right. And of course, what happens? He freaks out. 
<laughs> right? Um, but then in Miles' side, it's it's more because, well, wait a minute, you know, like I have a family, and in my mind and the way I was raised is that I do everything to protect those I love. He lost his uncle, which was tragic for him. Um, but for some reason, that wasn't the event that was supposed to happen to kind of push his narratives forward, right? He didn't have an Uncle Ben thing. He didn't have a Captain Stacy moment. And one of the things of like the whole canon event stuff is that a captain usually dies, right? So that's usually like Captain Captain Stacy is like the father of Gwen Stacy or that the captain in the India, in the Mumbai universe, he was supposed to die and all that. He's like, wait a minute, my dad's about to become captain. Oh, I can't let this happen. No way. And the reason why they're all out for him is because he's just trying to go back home and stop all that from happening. While in reality and in comic books, those events are supposed to happen to kind of, again, create who you're supposed to be. But he's like, nah, man, I'm going to be who I'm going to be. Right. So he takes it into his own hands and all that. And then he also gets a revelation that, well, you know, that spider that bit you wasn't supposed to bite you. Uh, he was supposed to bite someone else from another universe. And which kind of leads into the the really interesting ending that we got. And something that I was, I didn't see coming, but at the same time, as it was playing out, it may, I, I knew what was happening right away. But leading up into that, how did you feel about the stories of Gwen and, and Miles in this one? Um, did it make you more interested? Because I remember like our conversation when the first movie came out. You said your favorite characters coming out of that movie was Spider-Ham. Like Spider-Ham yes. is hands down my favorite character. They need to do That's more movies with this guy. A couple years yeah. ago. And I got a birthday <laughs> coming up, just FYI, uh, in case there's any new Spider-Ham comics. Yeah. Um, no, for real, that's that, that was my running thing. And yeah. it was a running joke in our lives. I was saying that at the uh, at the Infinity... What was it in Infinity? You get to bring somebody back? Or you have to... And I was really hoping... No, you have to sacrifice someone. I was really hoping they would... Oh, right. Sacrifice. I was like, why don't you sacrifice Spider-Ham? <laughs> What's he doing right now? Go get right. him real quick. What? Right. Um, that's who I would have to sacrifice because that's who I love the most in the yeah. universe. Yeah. So that, yeah. Go on. That, that's yeah. the best... So, right. And, and I, I, I don't disagree with you. And I, and I love the fact that it looks like we're going to be seeing him come back and we'll talk more about that when we talk about the ending, but with the, the progression of the storylines between Gwen Stacy and Miles Morales and all that, how do you feel about their character progression now versus how you, they were introduced to you in the first film? Are you more invested in seeing where this goes from here? So I'm not really watching for that. But what I will say, okay. there's a couple moments during the movie where I was like, are they going to make this the Gwen Stacy movie? Yeah. Is this yeah. like, you know, Guardians? Is this the Rocket Raccoon? Is right, this the right. Gwen Stacy movie? And I almost thought like you, because we're seeing that happen all throughout the MCU of now this character is going to take over this arc and this storyline. Mm-hmm. I, and I was like, that would be really weird to sell it as the sequel with the same main character. So no way. They just featured her more prominently. And they might even be doing a volleyball, you know, set, set, spike, where 
they try to get set themselves up. Where in the fourth, fifth movie, you don't have to be as dependent on Miles Morales, or you could do a spin-off TV show, yeah. something. So I could kind of see them setting themselves up for something like that. As far as the when Harry met Sally, can they be friends or are they destined for love? And the Jim and Pam, will they, won't they moments of it all? They didn't feel effective to me, mm-hmm. but I also didn't buy into the reality of it per se. I There's a moment where he's about to do the upside down. Shout out to the MTV Movie Awards from Toby McGuire, <laughs> Kirsten Dunst, the upside down case. That was Kiss of the Year in, I'm going to say 2002. I could be off by a little bit. Very important moment. I remember in middle school and high school, people were talking about that movie and, and there were people saying, what I want will be the most romantic thing in the world is an upside down kiss. Upside down it's kiss. Like yeah. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. Yep. They created a whole genre of, um, of kissing. Yeah. And they referenced it in this movie. Um, the upside down kiss hadn't been doing so hot uh, for the thousands of years before that. And now it's, uh, it's having a moment. <laughs> they did a little reference to that. I, I kind of, no offense, I don't care. I like the action, the animation, Miles's backstory to me is a lot more interesting than Gwen's. I really mm. liked our time in India a lot. I thought that yeah. character's comic timing, because if I recall, it's, and I'm just doing it based off voice, so I might be wrong. I think it's the the dude who plays the taxi driver in Deadpool. Who has oh, I think you're career, right. His own name, and he even had his own um, uh, movie or TV show recently where he was the star. So uh, here, he's pl- that comic timing the first time I saw him was in Deadpool, and that comic timing is special. Um, I'm going to pull up the casting just in case I'm not making some yeah. atrocious uh, uh, mischaracterization. No, of yeah, no I, I'm looking at it right now, and yes, he is the same guy in Deadpool. Um, as far as what he's been in, uh, he was in uh, a Miracle Workers Dark Ages uh, uh, series with uh, Harry Potter there. Uh, he was in a movie called Our Seven Days. Movie, Detective Pikachu. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it is exactly the same dude. His comic timing is so good. He Very good. He more opportunities like this. And this character, I, I could almost see if they if it was a smaller character. And then they were like, actually, this is really good content. The timing, the delivery, the jokes written for that character were fantastic. Um, I think he and the punk one are mm. the standouts for me. Yeah. I really liked Issa Rae's character too. These were all... Um, the punk dude, I wasn't able to identify the voice, but uh, Issa Rae and then that actor, uh, Karan Sony. I was... Mm-hmm. Um, Oscar Isaac, I missed, apparently. Jason Schwartzman was a fun one to pull. Brian Tyree Henry, I'm hearing his voice throughout. Um, that's a fun thing about these movies is the voice casting is... These are... We're... <laughs> I'm looking at probably about 20 names that I know and are famous. Um, yeah, some of them more than others, but maybe even more than that. This cast list is wild. Yeah. Um, that stuff to me is more interesting than the actual, like the romance side plot. Maybe I just didn't get into the chemistry of it because I'm normally a sucker for it. I was excited. I was cute. Like the where they're doing the rooftop date and the mom interrupts them and they have this awkward tension moment. And it's <laughs> right. clear they like each other, but they're like, no, we're just friends. Like that yeah. stuff to me is really cute. That's not to me with this. If the story is hinging on that, then that's not the part that I'm most interested in. Gotcha. Okay. No, that's not, I, I get that. I understand that. Um, but yeah, this, like I, like we hinted on multiple times that this movie definitely 
introduced a lot of different characters to us and there are clearly a bunch of standouts you know like again the the indian spider-man by karan uh isa ray's spider-woman i thought was very fascinating uh amanda stenberg as uh the spider bite you know the the vr version of spider-man uh daniel kaluuya that is spider-punk um yeah okay, i heard the voice saw daniel kaluuya i couldn't quite yeah. um bravo yeah very well done fantastic yeah and which this is a dude who's what multiple time oscar nominee oscar sure, yeah. winner mm-hmm. just going into spider punk bless him <laughs> i i hope he, he he returns because his his character was so like enjoyable and it, again anti-establishment anti like again sex pistols punk of the era like of like the the 70s 80s um and and kind of like he never wants to follow rules and he says that all the time too he's like i don't follow rules might you know and, and you know as everything was kind of breaking down as everyone's chasing miles morales he's like you know what i'm out you know i i quit this this you know i he was encouraging miles to kind of fight against the establishment and when he saw it happen, he got a joy out of it. And he's like, you know what? I'm good. I'm out of here. And he kind of quits the society without really telling everyone. Um, but later on, it comes to help out with uh, Gwen Stacy because he left behind his little multiverse transponder thingy-majiggy that helps them jump through all the multiverses. Um, and then it leads us to the interesting ending that we got. So I think I think... I share with you like the, my favorite characters that we were introduced to were Indian Spider-Man, Spider-Punk. Um, I, I definitely uh, also enjoyed just seeing callbacks to like all of these other Spider-Men that I saw growing up. There was this one during like they they were all kind of trying to talk morale, uh, Miles into understanding the whole canon event and they kind of like circled him and there is this one that came out that looked like a very short Spider-Man. Um, and I only heard certain people in the back catch who he was. And this was uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, which was an animated show on MTV that I believe was voiced by Neil Patrick Harris. So I believe that was that version of Spider-Man. I, I could be wrong. But again, it shows you the care that they went into, like recalling all of this stuff. We even saw like a nice little um, cameo by the 1960s animated Spider-Man as he's like kind of like swinging to the screen and he he stopped because something happened. Like, <laughs> like he could progress any further. I think that he and he they lost animation for him or something. Oh, I think you're muted. Sorry, did he hit the TV screen? Yeah, big... yeah, he did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like he, he hit the screen, and I thought that was like really hilarious. That was very comical. Um, but yeah, there. But yeah, at the end there, so Miles finds his way back home, and Gwen Stacy is trying her darndest to to catch up to him because she is trying to get him to understand why this is important. But at the same time, she is seeing it through his eyes. And and she's getting to understand, getting to that point where she's like, you know what? He's right. It's like, why shouldn't we try to stop these things from happening and, and everything? And of course, Peter B. Parker comes back with his new baby. Um, so she's helping for, she's asking for help. It's like, we need to get Miles. We need to team up with Miles and try to fix all this stuff that's happening and everything. So they go off and chase after him. Miles ends up back home. 
he has this amazing moment with his mom, you know, saying like, I understand now, I, I'm stronger now. I, there is things that we, we can't hide from each other. I've learned all this from you and from dad. And, you know, he gets to that point where he has to tell the truth. And he's like, I'm Spider-Man. And he reveals himself to his mom that I'm Spider-Man here. And then she's like, Spider who? Like, who, who, who? Like, is this like a Comic-Con thing? I, I think that was really funny how she brought that up. Comics-Con. Comics-Con. Yeah. yeah, is this like a Comics-Con thing where you dress up as a superhero? You're crazy. You're all silly. I don't have time for this and all that. And then he starts to realize, like, wait a minute. Something doesn't feel right here. And then the door opens up and he sees walking through. It's not his dad, but it's his uncle. So that's when it finally dawns on him. He's like, oh, shit, I'm in the wrong universe. And I thought that was brilliant how they kind of like, they kind of, they, 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 they kind of tricked us. They did a twist where. Oh, yeah. yeah. They show her in the room and then he's in the room and it looks like she's listening. Yeah. Stacy's listening to his conversation. Yeah. And then she looks around. It's an empty room. And then it does that her spidey sense. She goes, he's in the wrong universe. Yeah. That was well done. It got me. So good. Yeah, like I didn't see this coming, but as he was having the conversation with the mom, and they kept doing the the back and forth, right? So Gwen is like by the window, yeah, and you think she's listening, but obviously there was no one in the room, and there's a lot of that going on. And I'm just like, wait a bit, what if? I was like, what if he's not in the right universe? Like, how brilliant would that be? And then bam, we learned that he's not, and not only is he not in the right universe. But he is in the universe where that spider was supposed to be. It was supposed was at Earth forty two or whatever the case yep. is. Yep. And because that spider didn't bite anyone, this is a world without a Spider Man. So we get to see like mm. everything is in chaos. Everything it looks like something out of the crow, where you get fires everywhere. You have like oh, it's like Back to the Future two. Where he goes into that uh, the 1985 version where Biff is like now the Donald Trump of the of the world, you know. So it's like everything is in ruins and shambles. He's hanging out with his uncle. He gets cold cocked in the side of the face, and he sees the new Prowler, and it's revealed. Boom! Bam! 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 The Prowler in that universe is actually Miles Morales, and I was just like, what? This is where we're going with this. I'm like, that is so fascinating. That's like the best twist plot I've ever seen. I did not see this coming. And then Gwen Stacy is unfortunately in the universe where he's supposed to be. And she's like, fuck. I need to I need to really ca- get him because he's in a world of hurt right now. This is not going to end well. And he calls back all of these. Um, she helps. She gets uh, she calls back all of these people to help her out. And we get this nice ending shot there. Two two nice ending shots where you have Miles and Miles going face to face, right? Brilliant. Stare down. Like, okay, what's going to happen here? And then you have Gwen Stacy showing up with her crew in tow. So we got uh, Indian Spider-Man. We got uh, Spider-Bite uh, who she's teamed up with. We have of course, Peter B. Uh, Parker with Baby in tow. And we get Spider-Noir, Spider-Ham back in the yes. mix. And yes. 
Penny, the Japanese Spider-Man, with her new robot, you know, that she she built, that we saw a glimpse of during that whole, like, quote-unquote intervention with Miles. And that was another big gasp the audience had was when Penny showed up again. We are like, oh, like, oh, she's back. And now this is, this is the crew here that's going to go try and rescue Miles. And then the movie cuts right there, cliffhanger style. And yeah, that was such a brilliant way to end the movie. I mean, how did that, how did that, how did that all play out for you? Like, how, what were your thoughts and feelings when all that was going down? Don't love it when they do that. I don't <laughs> think that's how it should be in life in general. And I'm not trying to, there might be a story that's better served that way. Yeah. I am of uh, a mind that the Turner classic movie, that's the five and a half hour Cleopatra or whatever. <laughs> I would rather see that than see, I'm trying to think of the actual example, but there, there are movies like classic cinema yeah, that are like four and a half, five. Hours. And I would rather have one of those mm-hmm. than, hey, we're going to give you this one and then we're going to wait three years and then we're going to give you another one probably. Yeah. And if you die between now and then, you'll just never know what happens. And really, uh, I'm not sure. Like there's, I don't like that. I in TV shows, I think it's a bit of a cop out to end with a cliffhanger, like a season, what like I a season like, ending. Yeah, it's kind of BS. It's really, I think I'm not trying to get too meta or philosophical here, but you're now showing the genre rather mm-hmm. than the actual story itself. And so, in this case, movies it's that's normally reserved for TV shows, and a movie yeah. is normally a whole product, and it can end with some cliffhanger. In the post credit scene, you show something and everyone gets to go, oh my God, now I got to tune into the next one. But what I really like uh, when a TV show doesn't know if they'll be renewed is they have a encapsulated story. If it ends there, that's okay. They don't want it to. That's not the perfect, ideal, mm-hmm. bestest ending. So what you can do is do a little bit of a both. But when they just hit cut, got away. How long am I waiting? Am I supposed to keep this movie on the front of my mind that entire time? <laughs> what year, honestly, do we know? That's a real question. Um, said anything? So like I two years. Is that's it often a normal amount in a franchise, and that's pretty fast. Usually, it's like two to three years. This one was five years. So because twenty eighteen, yeah, well, yeah. On the TV, like on the to be continued, like Matrix does it right, but it's within one year that the next one comes out. Right. They'd already had it made, or at least we're in post production. Oh, that at least so, were in the ballpark. Yeah, so interesting yeah. tidbit here from what I'm reading. It's supposed to come out next year. So okay. I think they've been working not, in tandem here. So That yeah. makes sense. I'm not yeah. as mad when you do that. Sure. When it's Fast X and we're thinking it might be five <laughs> years if they get there. Yeah. That to me is real bullshit. This is still bullshit, but I'm not as mad about it. Give me, you can do both. You can have it in. There's a note actually not long before there where I thought, okay, this movie's ending soon. And then they kind of like double up on the action. Yeah. You can kind of do both. You can close it out and then make it clear the story is going to continue in the post credit scene, set it up in a certain way. I, I think there's times in a TV show where the final ever episode is a cliffhanger and that sucks. And now. Mm-hmm. You have the problem where the audience is let in on the process and how it works. And they're saying, hey, we're a TV show and we'd like to be renewed. And that's how they're ending the show. Yeah. Not with any. And I don't care if it ends. I like it, honestly. And we've talked about this. We've had this little debate before. I like it when a movie 
ends without telling you what's going to happen next. I don't like them ending saying, here's where we're headed and there's going to be a big fight scene and it will happen, but you got to wait a while. I, I, to me, that's fucked up. It is, it does do that has the effect where you go, no way. They just did that. That's cool. But it doesn't, it's not a satisfying way to end the movie to me. I love the theater feeling a tad miffed. And I've heard other people have like having that reaction after fast 10 and other times movies do this. It's just like, Fuck me, I guess. I, it doesn't matter if I leave here happy, right? Yeah. You just get a little bit of, uh, just it's a bit too much tease for me. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's funny because, so when when the ending of Fast X happened, I laughed out loud because uh, for me, I, again, the movie itself is silly. It's ridiculous, and they ended it in that cliffhanger moment. And I laughed out loud because, again, I just thought it was so comical to me. I'm like, ha, these fools. This is how they're going to end it, right? And then they're expecting... Yeah, this is so ridiculous. And the fact that we're supposed to get two more parts to this crap. Like, okay, you know, good job, guys. All right, this is great. Here, when it ended, I was like, oh, I was like ballsy. I was like, this is a ballsy move, you know, because you have people that are invested in this. You have people that are like so into this. Everyone I heard in the audience were just like, what? Like, you're going to end it here? And I think a lot of people were not aware that there was another one coming out. You know, so like for myself, I knew that there were two parts coming out. You know, like this was supposed to be a part one. When this was first announced, they actually had part one in the title. And then they kind of removed it. And now they just changed the tiles up. So like this is Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. And then the next one is going to be beyond the Spider-Verse, right? So this was like across the Spider-Verse part one when it was first announced. So I already knew that going into it. Were you aware that there was that this was they were gonna there was gonna be another one after this before this no. movie? Okay. If I'd known that, I would have been a little less maybe yeah. if I'd known the timeline and if they'd been part of the rollout the way they did with yeah. like matrix two and three right um but still miffed but maybe a less so yeah and then i'm having to like leave there being like okay um dead insider dot dot com what's the yeah. deal here you know. right yeah so so i could totally understand that feeling for those who had no idea that they were they were working on another one and that was going to come out very soon uh a year in a year so that that's not that bad um but I did think it was like a very ballsy move to end on that moment because you are you are literally in a flux moment. Like everything's in flux. You know, you have Miles who looks like he's in big trouble. He's not in a place where he's supposed to be. Um, it looks like there's really hardly any escape for him at that moment. You know, I, I'm sure he could find his way out, but then how is, is he going to get back to his world? And then you have Gwen who comes to the realization is like, oh shit, Miles is not here. We got to find him. I think I know where he is, but he's going to be in huge trouble. So I need help. And you got this massive team that she she formulated, which, again, I think a lot of people like you were waiting for. Are we going to see Spider-Ham again? Are we going to see uh, Noir again? You know, like we uh, Penny, all that. We like, see these guys come back. Um, also, just because we haven't brought her up, Aunt May has is now fully retired and living in Florida. So that's why she hasn't been a part of, of this whole thing because she was a pretty massive part in the last one. Um, but yeah, it, it, ballsy move. I personally, I, I love it because it did create that anticipation where it's like, okay, now I really, truly cannot wait for the next movie to come out. 
Um, but at the same time, I also was like, I could easily have sat through another hour of this, you know, because that's just so how much invested how, and how much I was into this movie. And I feel like everyone else in the theater were kind of in that same wavelength, you know. So, yeah, that's how the movie ends. And no post credit scene. No, no additional scenes at the end. We just have a little said the words, the, yeah, the little tag. Go yeah. ahead. I'm, I have a car alarm, so I'm going to be on mute. Yeah, I, I, I see. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the, 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 the lovely things about living in New York City. Um, but yeah, we just get a little thing that says, you know, Miles Morales will return in Beyond the Spider-Verse. No date given or anything like that, but easy search online to see that it's going to be coming out next year. Hopefully it sticks to that release date. Um, you know, with the writer's strike and all that, hopefully they don't have to do anything, uh, any changes. And if the Actors Guild don't go and strike because, you know, voice actors are also part that will affect voice acting. So hopefully things are going to be okay. We don't know yet. This is going to be an interesting year for all that stuff. But yeah, I truly, truly enjoy this movie. Uh, I, I could sit here and talk about all the different cameos for days and all that. Um, but it's just one of those movies where, for the comic book fan, I think they're going to love and eat this movie up left and right. For the more casual fan like yourself, I think you're you're going to love this movie because of the visual aspects, the storytelling, you know, the 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 choices that the characters are made and the character progressions. I think a lot of a lot of that will resonate well for a lot of you out there. Um as far as how this ranks with all the other Spider-Man movies, what would you say, Blake? Where, where would this land? In all, all, yeah. Like, would this like crack your top five? Like, oh where, yeah, okay. Honestly, i I mean, I love the Spider-Mans. Uh, that's like <laughs> the big. Uh, you know, I was in high school. I was talking about the with the upside down kiss. Uh huh. Maybe late late middle school, early high school. He said doxing himself again. <laughs> I hope someone listens to 82 hours of us talking about movies and be like, oh, now I know what month he was born. Right, um, right. I don't fuck with the Tobey Maguires anymore. I At all. I think the Andrew Garfields are fine. I mean, they're fine. Yeah, sure. They were very, I mean, among the most popular, or sorry, mm-hmm. most influential franchises in cinema history because it's there's an argument to be made that that's what's kicking off. Sure. Everything happening in movies the last 15 years now since Iron Man came out. Andrew Garfield Smith, fine. They were entertaining. Sure. Don't care. Um, the Tom Hollands is great. Uh, very well done, entertaining showbiz material. Um, these might be my one and two. Are there other ones I'm not considering that you're putting on your list? No, I mean, I mean, you could also, if you want, you could include like the Venoms and all that. But that's those aren't Spider-Man centric yeah, movies. Yeah, thank you, bro. Yeah. I love Tom Hardy. Yeah, I love Venom. Uh, yeah, I don't make the top five. I, I It'd be the like three Tom Hollandses and these two is is to me it's not a, it's a no brainer. These might even be one and two. Okay, just because the crap is so fucking hot. Yeah, that's the same reason why I put Sanctuary above Little Mermaid on my little sure. rankings earlier. I prefer a movie that is is doing something. Let's just say more unique, more challenging right. to the art form, more visually arresting and captivating, interesting, all that. Yeah. Uh, to me, these these movies are pushing envelopes and boundaries that have like 
sure they technically have been from some weirdo in a basement making i'm sure like <laughs> some danish cartoon that no one's seen but like on a popular massive level to be this successful this popular and this fucking good is rare special yeah. no for sure um i asked myself this question uh after i saw the movie and even on letterbox i briefly talked about it and i i think i'm still writing so much on the high that i'm feeling from this movie that sure. i don't want to kind of make that judgment call just yet you but said it's I, better than The Godfather and Casablanca. You said that off. I did say earlier. that. You said it's the greatest movie yeah. of all mm-hmm. time, and then you said recency bias, but still. Yeah, it, it's 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 probably in alignment with Easy Rider for me. Like this movie. Okay. Yeah, that's just how that good sense. this movie is. Um, Godfather Part One, Two, Three. No. No. Spider Verse Number Spi- One. And yeah. Two, then Godfather Two. Then Godfather One. And don't yeah. forget Easy Rider. Yeah, Easy Rider goes in there. Because I, I, I love how people always bring up Easy Rider sometimes. It's like, oh, it's like Easy Rider. <laughs> Classic Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Gold, golden, terror, sad. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. The, 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 yeah golden, go the golden age of Hollywood. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 right now, the first Spider-Verse movie is probably my second favorite um, with uh, no, uh, again, the last Tom Holland movie. I think it's No Way Home. Uh, is is my home my, is where the heart is. Home is, honey. No, I'm home. No it's Spider Man. <laughs> no way. No way. Mama. Home. Home. That, yeah. 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like Hey Arnold. It's like No Way. Home. Spider Man. <laughs> who play Who plays Home in this movie? Oh, that's uh Daniel Kaluuya. <laughs> Because I don't know, it's just a random, random guy. Yeah, it's just some random dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I, I think I'll, it'll take me like another week or two or a rewatch to really determine where this movie falls. And I feel like it's, it's, it's hard to kind of rank this movie because you know it's attached to a a sequel, right? So you, I feel like you need to watch the next one to really see where this movie would rank overall. Because if the next one sucks, then you're like, well, you just built up all this anticipation for a sucky movie. So F that movie, you know, it, it's kind of like the, how, um, uh, like force awakens when force yeah, awakens came that's, out. That's what I was trying to think of when people were big mad. Yeah. Everyone was just like, Oh my God, this looks like this is going to be great. And then you got the next two movies. And you're like, F that, they you were know, better, but, um, yeah. nerds were mad about him. Yeah. Sorry, nerds. Sorry. Nerds. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, if it's anything like these last two, it'll be this will be a classic trilogy franchise yeah. out there with the best of them, especially for animated stuff. Like, that's not a long list of classic cinema mm-hmm. sagas. So we're talking Toy Story. Yeah. I'm you. Someone might say Shrek. I don't know. I don't. Shrek, like, yeah. I think some people will put sure, Shrek in there. A lot of animated movies are one-offs, right? Or you might have yeah. a couple or you do all these little spin-offs. But a lot of those are going to be like Sing, Sing 2, mm-hmm. Sing Far From Home across the Singerverse or whatever. Yeah, How to Train um, Your Dragon. Birds too. Yeah, but once you're in the three and they're all four stars and up on letterbox type category and making big money with a popular character, like that's rarefied air. Yeah, I'm honestly thinking Toy Story might be the only real competition at that point, unless I'm missing something. No, I think you're right. Like Lion King yeah. one and a half wasn't that good. <laughs> wasn't that a straight to DVD release? 
Yep. No, that was VHS, bro. <laughs> oh, VHS. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was trying to modernize it for like the modern viewer today because no one knows VHS no, anymore. Yeah. No, this is back whenever it took 15 minutes to go back to the beginning of a movie. Right. Where you couldn't just click restart. Yeah. You know, okay. A machine, you put it into and it goes. Yeah. For, honestly, I can't remember. It felt like an eternity when I was a kid. Five minutes, 15 minutes. Just rewind. It's long. It was long. Yeah. yeah. It, it yeah. took a while. Well, so, or I feel like now, like we're getting slowly to that point where a lot of people don't know what the menu button was anymore. You know, like because like who watches DVDs anymore, right? So you, you hit that quick menu button, you know. And you know you what go... a menu button is like on an app because you're going back to the home sure. screen essentially. Yeah. But you didn't have the music that repeated like a no, GIF, a like or a yeah, with like the little animation that they had yeah. going around, like the menus and all that. Like I missed you get that. a brand new movie you love and you watch back. Oh my gosh, the character in the top right moved for a second. Yep. That was so cool. Yeah, I missed also, that. Also, the phrase yeah. "be kind, rewind" isn't going to make a lot of sense as an idiom to, no. to these youngies. The all no. the kids at your theater are going to be like, "What does rewind mean?" Yeah, they're like, uh, "Fuck off, old, like, uh, fuck off, boomer." <laughs> I'm gonna run and jump. Movie for them, honestly, they're like, "Why is old guy reminding <laughs> yeah. us that death is coming yeah. to us all?" Why is this? Why is this boomer guy sitting in the front there like that? I have to see him every time I'm getting my popcorn. You jerk off. <laughs> He's in my way. I'm trying to run around the theater. Yeah, can't you tell? Would have way more fun if he wasn't in my way. <laughs> you ruined the movie for them too. Yeah. I think I think it'll be great if, like, on purpose, I find where they're sitting and I sit behind them on purpose, and I'll just like be the most obnoxious old guy. And I'll just be like, you know, back in my day, <laughs> just having little quips like that. Like uh, back in my day, you know, you didn't have nachos in bags. They just plopped them on the That's tray. What our episode. That's what our etiquette <laughs> episode is going to be. It's going to be us doing the, uh, what are the Muppets characters in the yeah. balcony? The Waldorf and Sattler. Yeah, those guys. Like, <laughs> Yeah, we're just going to be like, here's how you need to watch movies, kids. Yeah. Um, I'm honestly, I'm really glad that didn't ruin the experience for you. No. I'm glad. I always love it when we both have a movie that we like. This was yeah. so much fun doing this. No, it was. With you, with yeah. Scenario. No, absolutely. And again, it's it's just it, this is a busy month for movies, so it's nice that we started the month off with at least something as enjoyable. So yeah, we're definitely curious. What did you all think about this movie? If, if you had a chance to watch it yet, uh, hopefully you did because we obviously spoiled a whole bunch of stuff for you if you're still listening at this point. But let us know what you feel about across the spider-verse uh how are you feeling about the whole spider-verse uh portion of this spider-man universe that we are getting treated to uh love to know your thoughts and feelings about this movie as a whole and in general uh but with that being said that brings us to the end of this episode so uh as we close things out here blake where can people find you online go to the go to the app letterboxd Renee, I'm glad to see that you're on there now more days. It's been lovely. Uh, my name on there is Last Name Wolf. No punctuation, just common spelling on all words. Last Name Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's telling you the actual username. It's Last Name Wolf. Not telling you his last name is Wolf. Yeah, I'm but... not saying that's my last name. I'm not going to dox myself. <laughs> well, it is the Wolf. So, <laughs> and, it right up, and it says right there. And it says right there under you your full name, what Blake street, the Wolf. What wolf. Year the MTV <laughs> this happened. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's funny. My yeah. Identity. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely follow him there because, like I said, he has like a whole bunch of interesting lists to check out. Um, I feel like you love curating lists more than you actually love 
rating movies when you go on there. So it's like every time I see like a new addition to a list and all that, but I think that's awesome. Uh, but yes, I am on there. I am more active. Uh, what I'm trying to do is anytime I watch a movie, when I get home, I will log what I watched and I will give my quick kind of uh, elevator pitch review of the movie itself. So definitely check me out there to see the latest stuff of the things that I watch. But obviously you could follow us and me on Twitter, uh, YouTube, Instagram, under Loki Geek. That's where you can find us and the show. Uh, podcast platforms, just go to your podcast platform of choice. Check out the Loki Geek uh, podcast channel where you can find episodes of this podcast. Obviously, if you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, or other, well, thank you so much. Or Alexa, right? Oh, sorry. I think I just triggered my own Alexa by doing that, but my bad. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for listening. We really enjoy the support and all that. And again, if you are in a position to further help support the channel and help the channel grow, definitely do check out the affiliates that we have listed in this episode. You have Father's Day coming up. You have a lot of graduations happening. So maybe you could find an awesome gift for a loved one or for yourself. You know, nothing wrong with treating yourself to something awesome or an event, going to a nice event. And by doing so and participating, you'll be helping support this channel at no additional cost to you. And for all of that, we are truly thankful. But with that being said, we are out of here. I am Renee, Loki Geek. This has been Blake. The Wolf. This has been movie time. Until next time, stay cool, stay classy, stay safe. Peace out, y'all. Bye-bye. Network. I, uh, I don't have organic yeah. webs, so. I was going to hit the hang yeah. button.